So, uh, did you have some fun with your toothless pink sausage chewer this week? <laughs> toothless pink so- sausage chewer. Okay, yes, I That's, did it, actually. <laughs> did you? Oh, goddamn. That's a good week. Uh, damn that uh, pee hole halibut filet cave. Is this my life now? You just making up weird names for my vagina. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I guess we're going to get into the show and talk about your sideways talking queef muppet. That's uh, still my favorite, my panty by the way. Hamster. Your panty hamster. That one's not mine. So, uh, yeah, well, so I, I like make that a... one better. Whatever. <laughs> Fucking vagina name hater. Whatever. Start a show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. And welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we talk about the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording on Zencaster, where if you could read my mind, I'm pretty sure you'd be either traumatized or sexually aroused. I'm Path Girl. I am Count Boogie, (laughs) and let us go for the ladder of the sexual arousal. I got to throw out some shout outs. Today was an exciting day. Okay. My dear friend, uh, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna out her. She's a pervert. She doesn't mind. My friend Leah calls me all excited this morning, like really excited. She's just got all sorts of train wreck of health and issues yeah. and stuff, and she's been right. battling with. So I'm always like, bro, just make your bucket list happen so you can die happy. <laughs> you know, projecting my stuff. So she's been. Uh, you know, so her health and stuff. And so she's trying to get out. She went out dancing for the first time in a long time, oh, cool. you know, the other day and went. And so she's been flirting. There's a, a I guess, a dating site for lesbians called her. And uh, I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's on that. And uh, and she's been kind of flirting with this one lady. And oh. uh and so she hooked up with her, I guess, and oh, nice. and it was amazing, and they had a great Aww. time. And then she calls me because this is a thing. She has boxes of toys, right? Right. And she's not super kinky, but she does have a lot of toys, and her last partner never used them with her. And <sighs> so she was always all butthurt. So I can't, even though I'm a little sexless, right now a lot sexless i'm incredibly sexless i'm fucking hideously i'm literally monogamous i'm polyamorous with two hands that's pretty much that's that's it i i spit in one hand right now i'm i'm asexual (laughs) jesus christ but anyway enough of my depression so i was so happy for she calls literally first thing I'm sleeping. She calls because she's mm. two hours ahead in Texas. She calls me and I'm sleeping in the car and I'm like, what? What's wrong? What's going on? What's happening? And she's like, are you asleep? And I go, no, I am not. Hence I the was. clever talking right now. <laughs> me. I'm not a big articulate sleep talker. Yes, I am awake. What? Is everything OK? She's all I had to call you. She's all she mentioned the, the her partner's, you know, her her lover, whatever you call her uh, mm-hmm. name. And she's all she fucked me with the strap on last night. <gasps> nice. And she was so excited. This isn't a grown adult woman. <laughs> and she was excited, like literally like she had just experienced college love for the first time. And uh, and so she was all excited. And she's like, oh, my God, she knew exactly what she was doing. It almost scared me how well she I'd go. And I'm picturing like, you know, the the military when they have the you know, who can put the gun together the fastest. Right. Right. Like she said, she knew every like she knew that strap on like she had owned it and she'd never even seen it before and knew how to handle it. So she was so excited. So vicariously, I was just happy that my friend was able to experience things. In, yeah. in in the face of all these health 
crappy issues and have a great time. So shout out to Leah for getting your fucking poon on her pounded by she a got good. Laid. She got <laughs> laid. And for those of our older listeners who have faced hysterectomy or major surgeries on your girly parts, um, there's a big thing that when you have a hysterectomy, sometimes that affects your ability to get wet and mm. has all of these problems. And she had the full blown thing. Uh, I think it was last year. And mm. already she's all, oh, no, I didn't even notice it. She was able to get wet. And nice. And so it is not a death sentence for women. Yes. That get a hysterectomy that it automatically means your sex life is going to be over. And, uh, no, no, no. you know, that you're going to have a lot of problems. It can. It absolutely can. And they yeah. have ways of dealing with this. You're going to talk exactly. to your doctor or whatever. But it is not a death sentence. And uh, and she got um, properly fucked. How about you? Nice. Um, I got a little bit this weekend. It's just vanilla life has been absolutely hell the last, like, 10 days. So, like, Donis came over, I believe it was Friday night, and he wasn't feeling too hot. He's, he had some sore muscles. So it's like I came home that night and we were both kind of looked at each other like, eh, eh. <laughs> so we waited. <laughs> so Saturday morning, I set my, he gets up so friggin' early, this guy. It's, it's so I set my alarm for like 830 and like he basically like heard the alarm go off and then pretty much pounced on me in bed going, hi, are you awake? Are you awake? I'm like, I guess you're feeling better. <laughs> I guess good. <laughs> That's a, you, you don't want to be missing that. That's not, yeah. yeah, that's you. You better greet Mr. Happy. Yes. Well, I mean, because I was all raring to go Friday night, but I know he wasn't feeling well. So I was just kind of like, right. Uh, all right, I'll wait. And then, like, yes, the, I, I'm, I, it's so hard for me to have an orgasm in the morning. I don't know what it is. Like, I could be going at it for like an hour going, yeah, no. I mean, it feels great, but it's just basically sure. like, t- yeah, it just, it takes a really <laughs> long time. You so need vagina like, coffee. You know, I never thought about pouring coffee in my vagina. That might wake it up. You never know. <laughs> you could do a hey, coffee hey. douche. I was about to say, people do coffee enemas. Why couldn't you do a coffee douche? Just I'm telling cream, you, please. get fucking Starbucks <laughs> on the phone. If they have the stupid fucking puppin' cup for a goddamn dog at Starbucks, they should have coffee douche to help Wait. our vaginas wake up and be ready hey, for well, sex in the morning. You have the... You have the girls in college who soak their tampons in, like, vodka so they can get drunk. Why couldn't you soak it in coffee and wake your vagina up that way? <laughs> okay, I'm going to say this is – because we have the DomLess.com toy review yes. coming up a little bit later. That's something to look forward to. But I don't know. I think some uh, recon, some uh, caffeine recon might be a good idea for you to see what that does. Have you ever uh, uh, experimented with dipping tampons in, in – uh certain substances to see how they react no because i've heard the horror stories where it's just it's it's almost like alcohol poisoning straight so well yeah yeah, you're not supposed to you dip 80 fucking tampons Uh and soak up a gallon of vodka um (laughs) you know it's like anything else it's the same and we've talked about vodka enemas and whatever you use about a like under a third of what you would normally do to have a drink because you don't pro your stomach doesn't stop the alcohol you know, mm-hmm. if you're going anally or even vaginally, it right. really is for vaginal, though, I would say there's a risk of kind of burning and possible Ooh, infection yeah. because if you have sugars, mm-hmm. like if you do rum or vodka, there's a lot of concentrated sugars in alcohol right. and you don't want to get a UTI from. Look at me fucking trying to figure out shit. I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like I'm in the parking lot of grocery outlet and I'm like being all boisterous and I just see faces turning. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sex show. Try to do a show here, folks. Move along. I can't, can't, can't stop the show because we have to talk about putting coffee inside of your vagina. That's that's yes. But eventually, my vagina woke up, and it took a little effort on his part. But yes, I finally got to have some some nice orgasmic sex, and you know, just hopefully, vanilla life will die down, and I can actually get some better time with him. <laughs> well, that is good. It sounds like we've had some fun. And uh, I think we should just get into having more fun. Some good topics coming up, Nigma coming up later. You and I are going to uh, talk of kind of a reverse role. Uh, You know, we're usually bashing on the guys. Let's get to our FetLife stuff and and bash on the submissives for a change. FetLife helps you deal with mental herpes. Let's put a log 
such a condom on our brain. Now we're better protected from a king-shaming world. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. So shout out to Enigma for tagging us in this. And if you see a post on FetLife, please tag at Perverted Podcast in the comments so we can see it. This one comes from A Mischief Managed, and it's called, I saw a Dom, word, Dom safe word and then shit hit the fan. Oh, so boy. I was watching. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was watching a scene, play scene, and I heard something that I never thought I would see. In the middle of a scene, a dominant safe worded. He called Red and then said he'd like to stop. What I saw next nearly flawed me and hasn't sat well since. The submissive turned around furious and said, you can't do that. Only I can safe word. She went on shouting about how only submissives have that power. And it's all, it's not like she's doing anything to make him safe word and nothing that makes him safe word, nothing to make him safe word. After more yelling, she stormed off, leaving him in the middle of the room, probably dumbfounded at what happened. I'm not sure what exactly infuriating me more watching that unfolding in front of me. It could have been the total lack of respect or feeling like she was treating him like a kinky vending machine. That right. after negotiation, he somehow owed her what she wanted. Afterwards, I wondered, is this part of telling people that submissives have all the power? They can stop a scene whenever they want to with a safe word? When in reality, both partners have that power to stop a scene if they feel that it's what they want, feel unsafe, or don't feel like continuing. Maybe that night the dominant felt sick. Maybe he needed a break. Or maybe he just didn't feel like it anymore. Thinking back to that night, it would have been such a different story if she tried to connect and communicate. To ask him why he felt like he needed to stop. It could have been a beautiful moment teaching everyone watching how that care and concern flows both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this brings back some memories, of course. Yeah. Uh, to me, you know, you've been in the lifestyle as a top dominant for for long enough. You will have moments where you're like, I'm either not into this, I'm not um, this, I, I I don't feel right, or I'm angry, and I feel that there's a part of what I'm doing that is going to bring me to a place where I'm not going to have that mental control of myself there's a lot of reasons or you know or you've injured yourself you pulled a muscle in your shoulder um you know there's a there's any number of reasons why you wouldn't want to continue in a scene after that right and uh and so we train we train tops you know that's uh that's the miss d that was my first big lesson in in fucking kink in the public community I went to Miss D, who was the matriarch, and and I'm like, hey, uh, when when do you know when you end a scene? And she fucking got all gruff and looked at me and said, when you're fucking tired. <laughs> Which was like a total mic drop moment. Like, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, okay. you're the top. You get to decide when you're done. And if you try right. to push yourself when you're not in that headspace then you can not only do damage to someone, but you can really put yourself in a compromising situation for whatever the yeah, reason. Yeah, and we scream to the high holy heavens, oh, you're a submissive, use your safe word. There's even dominants that say, oh, you must use your safe word and blah, 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 blah. But everybody forgets about that dominant is a person. That right. dominant could be, you know, especially if you're doing some of the harder scenes like CNC or something like that that could bring up some really raw emotions that may trigger somebody or may bring somebody back to a point in their life where they're like, uh, and they are they just space out. And you know, that's not safe for the top. That's not safe for the bottom. Everyone's allowed to use a safe word, period. Top, bottom, dom, sub, anything. Anyone can use that safe word. It is not exclusive to submissives. I like what he said about putting out the uh, idea because, you know, some things are good intentions. You know, obviously, we mostly trash tops in on this show because that's where you usually see the most posts about the Dom doing something stupid or douchey. And this is both male or female tops. This isn't, you know, right. I mean, predominantly, there's more male tops that, you know, we talk about because there's more shit written about uh, male tops. But it doesn't matter, male or female, a douchey top is a douchey top. And uh, and so we do take a lot of effort to try to empower the bottom. And I think the intentions are very good. 
and I there's there is in this new in this super easily offended victim culture, I think there's been a little bit of a runaway train on how much power um the bottom or submissive is told that they have in a scene. And so it's kind of like, it was a good point for him to bring that up because the idea that the submissive has all the power in, in the scene is kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, there's why use the term power exchange if Um, you're not giving up any power. That's ding, what the ding, term ding. power says. Why yeah. is what is submission other than giving up control in a situation? Now, in kink, the submission is given up voluntarily. You mm-hmm. negotiate that power exchange. And of course, at any time, if the submissive is in over their head or they for whatever their reason is, whether it's physical or emotional or they don't like it or they had a hard fart and they're afraid they're going to shit all over themselves, whatever the fuck it is, they have the right to stop that scene and take that power back from the top. That is when. But it doesn't mean that you maintain that it, the person that has the power is the person that is taking control and been given that power. And in most play scenes, unless they're switching mid-scene, that is the top or the dominant. And so it's important to remember that in this situation that you don't get to own somebody. It's not like he's a fucking or he or she is a a whack-a-mole robot. Right. That's there just to serve you. That means you are now taking control of the play scene. That means you are trying to take the top's power from them that you supposedly gave to them by telling them they can only quit when you tell them they can quit. Right. And I was, I was one of those submissives when I first started that it's like, Oh, I have all the power because I get to say yes or no. And then like the more I learned and the more I got out in the community, it was basically like, yes, like you said, this is a power exchange and it has to go both ways. I love the fact that he brought up the, 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 the term of kinky vending machine because I've seen it with top friends of mine where you get a line of, you know, bottoms who are like, oh, can I play with you? Can I play with you? Can I play with you? And it's just basically like, you know, there's been some bottoms that have gotten, even with Doc, for example, that have come up to him and say, hey, can I do a scene with you? And he knows he has a limited amount of time and already three or four people on his dance card. And sorry, I can't fit you in tonight because physically I'm going to exhaust myself. And mentally, I'm not there. So, and they get offended going, oh, well, you're a top and I'm a bottom. So, uh, why not? And it's like, no, it's not because the two pieces fit together that, yes, we're going to go do stuff. So, it's just a lot of times submissives need to realize that just because there's a top around doesn't mean he's going to play with you. Uh, another thing that uh, they didn't bring up, which, you know, talking about safe words, we always talk to submissives about having a nonverbal safe word. It's also good for a dominant to have a nonverbal safe word. I've seen it in one dungeon I used to go to. Uh, a guy used to play with his girl and he used to use a lot of canes. And if he was losing headspace or he just needed a minute, he would tap whatever toy, usually a cane, on the cross or tap it on the floor behind her. And that would be her signal like, hey, you know what? Give me a minute. I need to, you know, Sure. Get my, get my head composed. And, you know, he would usually, the DM would be by, either he would take her down if they were done, or he would, like, if he was really that bad, he'd kind of point to the DM and go, you know, like, hey, can you take her down for me, please? And someone would take her down. So it's just nonverbal safe words are important for dominance, too. It's important for everybody. I think so. And and once again, uh, I don't know the whole situation behind this story. Maybe this guy shot off his mouth beforehand, and maybe the guy was a douche, and you know, I'm this or that, you know, you, I don't know, but I surely know that there is a mentality that is taking place. And I'm not going to get all political men are turning into pussies and women are trying to take away man's masculinity. I mean, those, those issues in certain social circles are, are an issue, but I think um, a lot of people need to understand that you there has to be an exchange. What the fuck do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. I'm taking a first off just by touching you in most states and in most countries, I'm committing a crime. Yep. And you're not going to jail because you're going to be the victim. 
because you're the one that I am taking a risk just by touching you in this way. So that's in my fucking head. Whatever I do, I am responsible for. I am responsible for you. I'm not only responsible for negotiating and making sure that you understand what you're consenting to. I need to understand what my headspace is so that I don't put out an image to you or the people around me, if it's in a public place scene, that I am not in control of myself. Mm. So if I proceed in those times, I am taking risks beyond just what's going on between you and I. And that is something that I need to be in control of. So if I decide that, hey, I need to stop for whatever reason, then fuck you if you don't like it. Right. Go fucking find your fucking uber-dominant fucking vending machine. Go. And I have done that on more than one occasion. I have stopped more than one play scene. I've talked about the show that I had that play scene with Mew a number of years back where it was supposed to be an interrogation CNC kind of thing. And, uh, and I lost my cool. I started to get frustrated for whatever fucking reason we're role-playing. I'm in a moment. She's in a moment. And, uh, and so I started, you know, I did something that she doesn't like, which is either, uh, hitting or kicking or whatever. And I kicked her in the butt. And she like got all you know for her. She had for she was all into it, so she had masturbated about it for a long time. But uh, (laughs) I knew that I wasn't supposed to do that. Or it was something like she said, "I don't fucking remember exactly." Scene. You have to go back to one of the old shows to figure. But either way, I was in the wrong, and I shouldn't have done it. And I knew I was losing my thing, and I had to stop. And so I just said, "I'm stopping." We're going to we're going to take this down. And of course, this was Mew. So she was like, OK, you know, she was confused. She was like, what? This was getting really hot. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, aw, and, okay. and that's OK. There's nothing wrong with being frustrated on either end. Yes. You know, people are so worried about the disappointment. Disappointment is a feeling. And we'll get through a feeling. But you're not going to get through something that becomes worse if it gets worse. So it's okay that if I stop, you're disappointed. I understand that. Yes. And it's in the same, and in the same way, if you can't take as the bottom, if you can't take more or you need to stop, you need to be okay inside of yourself that the top may have a feeling of disappointment. That's a feeling that's normal. If they act right. like a complete dick about it, like we see now in both directions, the submissive being a dick about it to the top, and if the top is a dick about it to the submissive, now you have become a shitty person. You need to accept that disappointment does not give you the excuse to shit on someone because you're disappointed. Just take a step back. Yeah, and understand there's a difference, a big difference, between disappointment and upset. Like, if I do a scene with Donis and he would have to stop, I may be disappointed because we didn't get to finish it because I thought it would have been awesome. But I I wouldn't be upset with him because it's his right to stop. The same thing with me if if I were to stop. It's just there's disappointment where, oh, man, that would have been cool, but okay. And upset, like, what the fuck? So – don't be afraid of making your partner or the person you're playing with disappointed because you could always do it again later. That's upset true. Means, yeah, yeah. If you upset guys, that was like the poster said, how yeah. great would have this been if you would have taken that opportunity to communicate? Cause I've exactly. stopped scenes and I've had scenes stopped on me that after a while of getting our heads straight together and reconnecting and figuring out what was going on, that a little bit later we started the scene again and we were able to play and enjoy ourselves and figure out what happened. And, you know, so definitely an example of not a good way to end a scene. And uh, I'm really glad we talked about it. Yes. Yes. Thank you to a mischief manage for letting us read your post. Pinky, 
News is sometimes cool and sometimes fucked up. Let's glory hold the planet right now with Enigma. Yeah! Uh, scary Enigma. Rawr, boo, hiss. <laughs> It's haunting season for Enigma. Are you a scary monster this year? I am a scary monster this year, but not as scary as those fucking millennials. I mean, um... As those millennials. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that come out Um, in one syllable. Oh, that's funny. um, I mean, zillennials? I don't even know. Um, But yeah, no, it's... Yeah, haunting season... A lot of fun, lots of audacity, and treating us like shit. But, you know, that's every year. In oh, but are you yeah. scaring women into wetness? That's the important thing. Um, From some looks I get, I, I do believe so, yes. That is it. So you, you've started your haunt season. Of course, for those of our perverted podcast listeners that are new, Enigma mm-hmm. uh, every year is an actor who uh, dons all the scary makeup. And uh, where are you uh, f- doing your frightening uh, this year? Um, I am doing it at an amusement park out here in Southern California. Um, and so uh, there, there's a few that do it um, out here, but it's it's very much in the, um, like, the, the amusement park is going on around it. So there's Universal, there's Knots, and there's Six Flags. And we all kind of do basically the same thing where there's, I'm, there's people who walk around and scare people and that's me. Um, and then there's traditional mazes that are, um, themed and such. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I love walk around cause I get to chase people and stalk them and make oh, them. Oh, so have you're nightmares. not, a, you're not in a maze then you're, I thought no, you were in a no. maze this year. So you're actually out in the park, jumping out from bushes and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. I am. I am hiding and chasing after people. I, I, I I think at some point I would like to get back to like a traditional haunted house, but like this is this is a lot of fun being able to get out and actually engage with people because you can't really do that in a in a haunted house. And you are getting your zombie steps in for your cardio, <laughs> your zombie cardio. I don't know if that's a thing, but you know, um, I I I haven't I don't have a smartwatch at the moment, but I there was one season that I did, and yeah, I definitely get those couple thousand steps a night um, easily. Nice, very nice. Well, has your uh, has your tombstone been active other than uh, scaring people? My tombstone. (laughs) Um, Yes, the my my mausoleum has definitely had the 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 walls shaking. Um, Yeah, the last couple of Mondays, my uh, D and I haven't been able to get uh, together a lot because my weekends are full of haunting. But we have been trying to get at least one day a week together and the last couple of weeks uh she has taken more of the reins and been more domly um and so both this uh both last night and then last week she played with my butt um and put things in it so that was that was a lot of fun like flowers maybe you know maybe some bills uh, you know your taxes you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so you got to keep mm-hmm. them somewhere. You know, it's like a filing cabinet. Yeah, the prison wallet. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we're we're definitely using um, butt plugs and with flared bases, or at least long enough that they're not going to get lost. Um, but yeah, it's been it's a very interesting experience. It's something that I talked about with her, and I don't know if anybody's listening who also does haunting, but during fright se- or during like you know fright season, haunt season, whatever. It's definitely an interesting headspace for me because, like, I get to be very dominant um, out in the park and chasing people and screaming at people. And um, so on one end, like, I get very primally and, like, I just want to come home and take somebody and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, because it's so physically draining, at the same time, like, when I come home, like, my my switch uh, for, for as a switch, like, my switch is very loose like i could be a tom i could be a sub and so having somebody who's um at not only interested but incredibly excited to kind of play with the sub side that that's actually kind of prominent right now um is has been is very nice and is, is a lot of fun and i haven't had that before now then when you're talking now then obviously you've talked a lot about bottoming in yes. in your switching 
Um, mm-hmm. But as far as like you, this is one of the first times I've heard you mention the word submissive uh, mm-hmm. in regards to yourself. Um, right. Do you get? Are you practicing some of that submissive headspace? Are you doing service? Are you doing protocols and kneeling? Is she putting cuffs and collars? I mean, is she? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, uh, we don't have any like super strict protocols at the moment. Um, I, th- this is we've kind of played with the switch a little bit with each other, but l- last night and the week before have definitely been her more in charge than usual. Um, and she's definitely been playing with that more. Like last night, there was a point when she had to go take care of something. And she ordered me to touch myself while I was waiting for her to come back. And that I was, I was like not expecting that order, but that I was also, it, it, it it was really hot and I did it. Um, so it's definitely been kind of playing with those dynamics more, um, in this, uh, in this headspace. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's fair that you haven't heard that before because I haven't really been able I haven't had a partner who was comfortable with exploring that side as right. as much as D has been. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I definitely am on board with encouraging her to kind of give more orders like that because that was really hot. It sounds pretty goddamn hot. Sounds pretty hot. Yeah. And it's and it's just great that you have somebody that you can start developing that level of trust with and then see where that goes because if you're not even though you're not doing a lot of protocols and rituals or you're not getting into you know the female supremacy end of it or or anything you never Mm -hmm. know where you're gonna go once you have someone that you're inspired by and that's inspired by you right um and like like she and i are both very much switches so um but one thing and we 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 kind of talk about that in in the article we're going to get into like the the traditional roles that we've both held for so long it's it's definitely kind of like dipping our toe in and seeing how how far we want to get before we just jump in um and so it it is it's definitely been uh, fun to explore that side of me um and then that side of her um as we've as as we've grown together I think that's amazing, and it does lean a lot into the article that we're going to get into, uh, which at first I was kind of, you know, kind of grumpy against, but uh, <laughs> but it really did open up a lot of reasons why I got grumpy against this article. And so, why don't we just go ahead, go crazy, abandon <laughs> this vagueness, and yes. uh, dive into the article, and then uh, our points will be more understood. Yes, let's let's do just that. So uh, our article today comes from SciPost.org, um, and it is entitled New Research Pinpoints Factors That Shape the Likelihood and Consequences of Sexual Compliance. Uh, many factors can influence the power dynamics in relationships and raise the likelihood of sexual compliance. Um, sexual compliance refers to cons- um, consenting to sexual activity, even if you're not fully on board with it. The researchers of this study wanted to explore why individuals may engage in sexual compliance and how it impacted them overall. Um, there has been some research before that um, that compliance may be a viable relationship maintenance strategy. You know, the fake it till you make it kind of thing. Sure. But, th- but they wanted to look at where this strategy can be more covert and negative. Um, they studied over 1,400 folks, 93% of which were women. Um, the researchers did try to get more men involved, but they theorized that either men are just less likely to participate in health-related studies or that this kind of compliance is more stigma- stigmatized among men. The study pointed out that older, more educated women were less likely to engage in sexual compliance, which makes sense that they found that women who had fewer tools to deal with sexual compliance were more likely to let it happen. Uh, and while uh, many uh, reported positive outcomes from this compliance, a majority reported more negative outcomes. Hmm. More research and more awareness is, of course, needed. As we've talked about before, men are definitely involved in this on um, on the more receiving end. But talking about it more helps folks get more tools to have more positive sexual experiences. Bravo, bravo. Thank you for enlightening us with this article. My first mm-hmm. uh, grumpy instinct was, oh, great, they're trying to find another way to help people uh, be victims. And uh, 
it, mm-hmm. it just it really uh, you know and I've heard sexual compliance uh, used as a kind of academic term before and that's why it started getting me kind of like oh geez because when I see something like this and the reason that there it was so inconclusive and, and you read a portion of the article and you'll post mm-hmm. that on our uh, on our fet life group page uh, for those of you that want to see the whole article and they' real good about posting that um, <laughs> the reason that they couldn't really narrow down at the end of the article it says well you know you know we did all this study and you know the negative you know they focus tried to focus more on the negatives um, but they really couldn't find a clear definition for sexual compliance because sexual compliance is kind of a part of a relationship in general and we're not going to talk i mean obviously if it's toxic and manipulative and that's just general abuse that's a generally abusive relationship you don't need a fancy new term for it if somebody is manipulating you and uh abusing you into doing things that you don't want to do or breaking your limits then that's just abuse uh, in general, but uh, in a regular relationship where there is some communication and and that you guys do talk through these things, there is always going to be times where you're not into something and you comply sexually because you're in a relationship and you care about your partner's needs. And right. so sometimes you do things you're not into, and we'll get. I'll I'll elaborate more on that. So I'll give you a chance to go. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and, and I I think what it comes down to is the same thing we say with BDSM. There there's a difference between BDSM and assault. There's a difference between BDSM and rape. There's a difference between sexual compliance and rape. Um, and I think I think that's something that uh, has been trying to get pushed a lot more among um, a lot of advocacy people that I, I have talked to before are people trying to sugarcoat assault. And so right. like sexual compliance, when you, it's like they, they kind of touch on this in the article, if like your boss is, hey, I want you to suck my dick or I'm not going to give you this thing. And this person kind of controls a lot, um, a lot about your life. You might do that in order because you don't want xyz to happen sure. um is it sexual com- it's still sexual compliance but it is also it is i'd it's, say more so yeah rape. assault and rape yeah yeah coercion um, and so yeah coercion and so and and that's something we get a lot um you know for the people who are in the kind of the 1950s like housewife style a lot of that comes from and i was actually kind of surprised from the article like older women saying that they didn't really deal with that I, I would wonder, I kind of wonder how they worded the the research paper or the the survey that they gave these these women because I, I would think almost the older generation, if they kind of looked at it, would actually see this happening a lot because we there there was that expectation of women to provide for the family and part of that providing was to make to have babies and to be that sort of outlet for the man um, and so. I, I definitely agree with the end of the study is like this was it, it was definitely more limited than they wanted. And I would definitely be interested to see how this study would uh, advance if they were able to get a wider, a wider pool of people. And, and and once again, I when I look at sexual compliance uh, mm-hmm. as a general term, I don't gender specify that because right. I have so much experience as a man uh that I have complied sexually so many times when I wasn't in the mood, when I didn't want to perform. There are so many things that you do sometimes in a relationship. You care about your partner, but it's like she's horny and you're not into it. And she's like, well, I, I'm horny. And you're like, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, do some fingers or, or whatever. Maybe I won't fuck you if I, you know, if I can't, you know, get hard then I'll do some things and they're like, okay, great. You know, just fucking do something to me. Um, or sometimes even in play, sometimes like they're just really in the mood for a caning and maybe I'm not in the, in the greatest mood uh, to do a big scene. And we talked about this with path girl and I about when mm-hmm. knowing when to say no or when to stop a scene, because you're not 
that into it. But there are times where it's not damaging me to comply to because that's those are the things you do sometimes in a relationship. And once again, right. there's a there's a line between when it's toxic and manipulative and abusive and when it's just like, yeah, maybe I'm not that in the mood uh, to do this, but I love my partner. And, and you know, you know, because if you just continually say I will never comply because, you, you know, that there's give and take in a relationship. I mean, there's in every relationship. If you're a parent, do you want to get up at fucking six in the morning and make your kids lunch and drag them to fucking school? No, you comply because you're taking care of your kid and you love them. Right. You know, there's, there's going to be those healthy aspects. And then there's getting into the, some people, I, and once again, we, I continually say, this is not about the manipulative, toxic, type of pushing someone into doing things there are some people and a lot of them are submissives that if they're not pushed a little bit in a healthy way right they'll never they'll never do it and you know once hey fucking bend over we have a cnc (laughs) relationship we've negotiated that i'm gonna take you sometimes Right. And that you, you've agreed to submit to that. Of course you have a safe word. And of course you can say no if there's really a problem. You don't want to do it. But I know that if I take you, even when you're grumpy, I used to drag you out of bed. She's like, no, don't do it. But we had a CNC negotiated relationship. I knew that after a few minutes she was going to get turned on by it. By the fact that she didn't want to do it. And then now right. she's turned on, and she's totally into it, and she says that was totally hot. <laughs> and and it doesn't mean that I have a carte blanche to not recognize the signs that, okay, she's really, really not into it, or she's studying mm-hmm. for something, or, or things are, you know, we're not talking about that relationship that you build over time where you learn when it's like, hey, your partner really is fucked up, or they're sick, or or they're really, really not feeling it. I'm not going to push you into doing sexual things or playing or those types of things. But there is a certain amount of pushing in some of these dynamics that is actually healthy. And the, and the article even talked about it. That mm-hmm. sometimes there's a positive outcome. Like, you'll never do anything if someone doesn't say, <laughs> come on, we're going hiking. Get the fuck up off your ass. Well, and, go and something else that... Something else that we talked about before is uh, uh, with, like, using toys and whatnot. Like, if you're not necessarily into it, um, like, a sexual compliance could be controlling the Lovins remote and, right. like, like getting your partner off from across the room. But maybe you're just not into that sort of interaction at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree that there are, there are times when sexual compliance is is definitely going to be positive. And it's, if it's negotiated, like, you and Mew had a solid uh, communication about this is what we need. And you knew that there were times that you know, maybe this, maybe I shouldn't push the boundary. Sure. Um, and I, I think that's incredibly important, but I, I think, uh, and, and this is why, like I, I, part of the reason I want to talk about it was because of how one-sided it is. I think right now uh, we, men are getting better at talking about these sort of topics, but at the same time, there's still the stigma of, like if a guy is like i'm you have to fuck me or you have to go down on me or i'm gonna suck your dick or and or you won't get the whatever promotion job thing life thing whatever that's technically sexual again that is sexual compliance but it is it is more so rape uh coercion whatever um and i think um i think studies like this are incredibly important to talk about um because of I, I think folks, uh, if these kind of things pop up, like there, there's, there's, um, I forget the school right now, but there's a study group that does, they do every year they do some sort of kink survey because um, they're trying to do this big paper or whatever research thing about BDSM and kink. And I'm always going to jump on that because I want to make sure that my demographic, uh, my gender, all of that are represented because a lot of these surveys tend to be one sided or the other. And I don't want that to happen. Um, and so if, if anybody's researching this, I, or let's just say if anybody's listening to this episode and they're doing research or whatever, I'm 
you know, I, I am definitely, you know, I only did a, I was only a psych minor, but I would definitely suggest like you push harder to get a wider variety of people um, because this, while very important and very um, eye-opening for uh, for a lot of reasons, a lot of these things have been, I mean, women have been talking about this crap for years. Um, like the feminine, feminine, feminine music, the Me Too movement, all of that, it had a lot to do with this, especially out here in, in La La Land where we're dealing with um, producers who are like, you've got to do this thing or you're not going to, you're not going to get the job. You won't be able to follow your dream or whatever. I think in, I keep coming back to the relationship versus because Mm -hmm. I, it's, I think it's pretty cut and dry now. And, and we have done a lot of work in making it like, even when I was a kid, you knew that the casting couch was bad. Right. You knew that this was manipulation and coercion and someone was doing this to basically survive. And that was a negative. But when we mm-hmm. get into the more nuanced, I want there to be a distinct difference between your your relationships with your partners and the term sexual compliance. And then what we already know is sexual harassment, coercion and rape. Because right. in a relationship, compliance can be a very healthy thing. It's a it's a way that you pr- show yourself that you are in a service position in your relationship. Whether you're the top or bottom, it doesn't matter. I'm not hung up on the term service. I serve my partners because I love them. I make them meals. I take care of them. I support them. I encourage them. And yeah, sometimes I do chores or sexual things or play because I care about them because I want them to know that even if I'm not in the mood to do certain things that I will comply because I fucking love them. And it's very Mm -hmm. important to have that aspect of your relationship. It's very validating to me. It's validating to my partners to know, okay, maybe they weren't that into this, but they care about me and they wanted to meet my needs. I want to be very, very, succinct on the fact that that is an important part of a healthy relationship if you are communicating with your partner about these things if you are constantly complying and it's one-sided or it's making you feel negative or you're feeling like you're just being used by your partner and they're not validating you for that compliance that is a, a conversation that is very important and that's the type of thing that was around in the old days in the the male dominating female thing to where the women were unfulfilled they were always complying and they weren't getting anything out of it or the husband wasn't being compliant to their needs and that was right. unhealthy so as we move forward with these conversations i think we can find the positives about compliance as long as we're really communicating in a healthy way with our partners. 100%. This is a cool topic. It made me grumpy because I'm like, ah, oh, great. Another <laughs> fucking victim word to make men look shittier. Uh, like we need any help. Like we need any extra new terms. But uh, but it did open up a great conversation that compliance isn't always bad as long as you're working it good. This was cool. This was cool. And you have uh, have been having fun butt stuff with your fucking chick. So, <laughs> and you're scaring people. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting all sorts of energy out this, this month. This is, this is a good thing. Perverted. Where, where do they, I mean, we, we know. Uh, Enigma. <laughs> yep. Where do people go? Well, if they want to find us online, they can find us on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. Just search Perverted Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast as well. And you can find us on X at Perverted Pcast. Wow. At Perverted Pcast. <laughs> We're Perverted Peacock. <laughs> We're Perverted Peacock. Um, or if you want to talk to us or maybe even if you're a listener, maybe want to get on the show, you can find you can just email us pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. You're an adult, so you can buy sex toys. We will review them so you can make a better choice. Perverted Podcast Sex Toy Review. Dumb lust.
Tom Lust. Putting it inside her pee hole halibut filet cave. Path girl, oh. our glorious crash test vagina. I'm, you know, I'm starting to actually like that one, and it's scaring me. Which one? <laughs> crash, crash test vagina. Do you want me to be all? Once there was oh, this God. vag who got some domless toys, and then she put them in her boon, but when? What? <laughs> we need, all right, I am challenging you to write that song. <laughs> I already did that parody once a long time ago when I did parodies. Yeah, but not, not with not with Path Girls Poon. <laughs> Create some Path Girls Poon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you got to do the vibrator sound. That's what should be the. Mm-hmm. It should be. Exactly. Exactly. Thrust. 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 Oh. So, uh, domless.com, uh, for those of you just joining us, our new listeners, uh, we have a company, Domlust, uh, D-O-M-L-U-S-T, great company. I have so much fun talking to the representatives of this company. They reached out to us. They sent us a giant box of toys yes. to review, and uh, we did one on the last show, and we got a bunch of toys, and we do have a willing uh glorious crash test vagina bath girl so we have a new toy which which toy in the box of goodies the domless.com toy did you uh review for us this time so i when we originally went through the box i think they only sent us one thrusting toy but upon second review they actually sent us two thrusting toys so i picked the smaller (laughs) one yeah i know um so i picked their thrusting dildo remote controlled panty vibrator so, uh, yes, yes. This is actually, it's, it's smaller than, uh, I had a previous thrusting dildo, which, uh, so this is a little smaller, but this one's actually purposely made to be a little more discreet so you can wear it out versus oh. a regular, yeah. Oh yeah. They, they purposely like, like they they were promoting this as like, you could wear it outside because especially it's remote controlled. So I don't know if I'd wear it out to dinner in a restaurant, but I definitely could wear it to a king party. So <laughs> That is so fun. That yeah, is yeah. so super fun. So now when you say thrust, because I'm thinking like fucking machine, and uh, which domless.com does have a fucking machine. And if they send it to us, it's mine. You got that whole fucking box of toys. Okay. I get. I will go it. out and buy a prostitute to fuck with this. I don't care. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Enigma got my fucking toolbox fucking machine that I got from Fee and he uses it all the time. Sorry. Domless. If you want to send the fucking machine, it's coming to me. God damn it. Yes. Okay. What? I have no idea what I was saying. Oh, I was going to say. So like a fucking machine has a lot of thrust. So when you talk about thrust, is it like a, you know, it's, that's a small toy. That toy is like maybe like four or five inches long. Right. So it kind of like shrinks down and expands or... Well, it actually extends itself. So it's not a traditional thrusting dildo where it's going to get a good, like, two, two and a half inches. This is only meant to extend what they're calling two centimeters. So that's about an inch. So and even if you look at it while it's thrusting, it's only doing about an inch. But the good thing about this is it's small enough where it's – you could hit the G spot on a woman. They're actually marketing this as both for male and female, so it could be used as an anal toy for prostate stimulation. And sure. thinking about the anatomy, yeah, this would this would rub the back of the prostate really nicely. So, so was it able to reach your G spot or? Yeah, oh, it, it'll reach your G spot. Um, it's it's just enough. I mean. Like you said, the toy alone from base to the tip of it is probably about uh, about four inches. So when you extend it up, it would probably be about four and a half, almost five right, inches. Right. So in, on the average woman, yeah, that would definitely hit the G-spot. I mean, it was definitely hitting my G-spot. Um, and the difference with this one compared to other thrusting dildos is – so the thrusting dildo I used to have was just the thrusting cock and there was a rabbit on the front for the clitoral stimulation. This has the vibrators built in with the thrusting action. So not oh. only is it thrusting, it's vibrating at the same time. So some shake, rattle, and roll going up Pretty inside you. Yeah, and it's it's got uh, 10 different settings for the vibrations. And uh, you can also cha- change it up with the thrusting frequencies, whether you want it like soft thrust or if you want it a little bit harder. But you can make different combinations of the thrusting and the vibration. And it's it was a very 
different sensation from just using a thrusting vibrator, which kind of, you know, just feels like a cocking going in inside in and outside of you and you have your clitoris being stipulated by the rabbit. This had the vibration with it. So it was a completely different sensation than a traditional thrusting dildo. Because so, it was vibrating uh, while it was thrusting. So you're exactly. Being, so it was kind of like in a small way for those for that half inch or whatever. You, it was like kind of a, like a little wall of vibration pushing yes. against against your wall. Yeah, it, I was actually very surprised at like I was like, okay, this thing will thrust you know two centimeters as I call. Okay, but but the combination between the thrusting and the vibration, I was kind of like, oh, this is this is really nice. And um, the bottom of it, so it kind of looks like they call it a whale, and it kind of does look like a whale head with with fins on the end. The right. little fins on the end, uh, you could put that up against your clit, and you'll get a little vibration with it. Oh, okay. So it is kinda, it? it it's, but it's not necessarily. It's not like a rabbit that has an insertable, no. and then the the thing that arcs over to get your clit. Right. Yeah. The so, rabbit. It's not long enough as a rabbit, but it, it does. Right. It, it will hit the clit a little bit. So as that toy's vibrating, those will vibrate a little bit as well. So it does give a little bit of clitoral stimulation on top of that. So so, but it's mainly for inside to create those sensations inside the vagina. And then right. you could you could always add another Hitachi or another you know vibrating Domino's toy on the outside yeah, if, for the clitoris. If you wanted to, but like I said, I was actually very surprised with that little bit of stimulation to my clit and the the, the vibration and thrusting in the inside. I didn't need to add anything else. I was very surprised with this. Really? So you were able to orgasm just with what it gave you? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, th- I was I was very surprised that it was just it was just enough. You know, of that tickle of the the ends of the little lip that, yeah, I was actually able to orgasm with it. Look so at that. The entire city yeah. of Burbank is so excited about your domless <laughs> orgasm that the police are driving. Can you hear that? I'm sorry. Yes, I heard that. You're <laughs> fine. <laughs> I was they're like, coming to take me away. Oh, they're coming to take me away. Again, again. Well, that is actually kind of fun. So that's a, a small, discreet toy. I believe that toy on the site w- wasn't very expensive. I think it was like another... Like a thirty forty dollar US. Oh, it was uh, under thirty dollars. It was twenty eight ninety nine. Really? And the other thing I didn't twenty eight ninety nine. And I, the other thing I didn't mention is and that it made you come. Uh, this is well, it made me come. Of course, this is remote controlled. So you actually there's a button to turn it on on the dildo, but you you control it with the remote control. So either you can use the remote control yourself or hand it to your partner. That's very so nice. So the, now, as far as yeah. the let's go through just uh, so was the build solid. Yes, yes. Um, it's it's another silicone toy. Again, it's their their products seem to be their silicone is really nice. I'm actually holding it in my hand right now as I'm talking with you. It's got nice. a nice grip to it where it's not slimy, it's not sticky. Some silicones, cheap silicone, gets sticky, uh, gets slimy. And even as it's sliding up and down, it's got some ridges on it, and it the ridges expand. It's not like some toys that like I've used as thrusters. They like will catch you like the vagina, and it it hurts. So this right. didn't catch me at all. So this was this was a nice fit, and it, it was nice thrusting action where it was kind of even, and it wasn't jerky or anything like that. And the the feel of it, I mean, it, it felt really nice. It's really soft. That's a fucking big win for domlescott.com. Yes. That's a big win for our perverted podcast listeners. A good toy. Now then, let's ask the big question. Would you use this toy again? Yes. Actually, um, I was thinking about afterwards, I was like, this might be good for, like like I said, they were uh, marketing and also for using it for anal play. This might be good for a DP because you can have Donis. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Could... yeah. It, 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 it's, so it's Donis would take you that... anally and then you would use this vaginally. Actually, no. I'd probably have him do vaginally and do this anally because it's flush enough that it can go flush up against my, my anus and it shouldn't bother him. Uh, right. and especially that that anus will just get a little bit of thrust. So yeah, this could this would be great for a deep. And it'll toy. give you that vibration around this exactly. around your hole. Which will probably give yeah, probably give him a little bit also because you know he's gonna uh, feel it through the vagina. Yeah. Of course uh, now since you've already used this on the vagina and if you want to put yes. it back in the vagina, you will put that in a condom. Yes. And uh protect your toy from uh, a porous toy from uh, getting anything that could and clean then your toys, damn it. <laughs> clean your toys. For these toys, it's mostly, uh, war- you know, you start with warm, soapy water. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then if you are going to use it from A to V, then uh, then a condom on it for sure. 
That's yeah, fantastic. I have a, 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 a toy spray that's specifically made. I, it's for all silicone toys. So I just kind of spray it, let it sit for a minute, and then I just wash it off with some warm water, and they're nice and clean and, and you know, nice and sanitized. That is fantastic. So, I well, was very shocked. Two, I like this one. Yeah. Two in a row for Domless.com. Yeah. And uh, we do have more toys. So uh, for the next few shows, we're going to be telling you about a new uh, a cool potential toy for you to try out. And uh, once again, if you're curious about that, Domless.com, they have some of the toys that they sent us, they don't have on their page. So I need you to let me know which ones those are. And then I'm going to email them and, hey, hey, bro, we want to talk. Like, I know the Feed Me Seymour we were going to do, the one that looks like a plant. And uh, we couldn't find a page on Domless.com. So they're still building stuff. It's a newer company, but uh, they have good toys and they have unique toys. And apparently they fucking work and they're cheap, so win-win. Yes. So uh, head on over to domless.com and just keep exploring that fucking magical fucking pee-hole halibut filet cave. <laughs> Sideways talking queef muffica, toothless pink sausage chewer. I forgot all the other ones. Penny hamster. It's not mine! <laughs> Fuck you, suck. <laughs> And that is the end of show 388. Thank you for joining us. If you have questions, comments, or you have other taglines for my vagina, please feel free to reach out of us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on TikTok or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And on FetLife, there's both a group and a page. You could support us for free by hitting the like or subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on. It really does help other kinksters like you find us and push us up on the platform ratings. And if you'd like to do a little bit more to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pervertedpodcast and sign up for our five bucks if you give a fuck level to get our shows a few days early, lots of behind-the-scenes stuff, and our half a pee episodes. And, of course, love and smushy kisses to our patrons around the world. Your support means the world to us. Thank you so much, Path Girl, for uh, volunteering your glorious vagina uh, for our show once again. And thank you. Thank you so much to our Perverted Podcast listeners. I also want to mention that if you would like to be a guest on the Perverted Podcast show, this show, just as a listener, you don't have to be an expert in anything other than your own experiences. We have a survey that you fill out. I'll send you the questionnaire and it'll ask you if you had a fun scene or a scene that was a disaster. You only have to be an expert in your experiences and we want to hear from you. It's always amazing when we have listeners from afar on our show with us. It makes us all feel like we're doing this together and that all of our experiences, big or small, are something that's important for all of us on this show. So hit me up, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. I'll get you that survey. And for the rest of you, we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. It sucks to pay rent. It's a universal quote. But it sucks worse when your share of the rent goes up your girlfriend's nose. Even though she is a junkie, she has an honest face. So putting her in charge of all the bills might have been a mistake. (laughs) I laugh in the face of those who try to tear me down and push me off my shop guy seems to take great pride in ripping out my heart so if I want to get to work to make my minimum wage I'll have to eat only brown rice for 29 more days (laughs) I laugh in the face of those who try to tear me down and push me off my pace 
hurts me when I pee. She said I just have kidney stones, but at least I don't have an STD. Because I'm uninsured, they insist I pay with cash. So now I'm broke again, but you know I'll get it back. Ooh, ha, ha, I laugh in the face of those who try to tear me down and push me off my pace. It's just a matter of time.